Welcome to Streets, Sports, and Success with your host, Simon and Maurice. Let's go. What's up, gang? Welcome to another episode of Streets, Sports, and Success. And uh, we're here with Mo Claret, and we got the Youngstown boys in the house. We Youngstown. got my man Kelly Pavlik <laughs> in the house, and we're ready to get down. Welcome to the show, Kelly. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks Youngstown for coming Connect. down. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I know I, you know, I saw you a couple months ago at uh, St. Lucie's yeah. and, uh, at a boxing event, and I was telling you that we were talking about yeah, doing something like this, man. So we, we appreciate your time. Um, I think we'll you know, start out, Kelly, and uh, you know, I'd ask – how did you even get into uh, boxing? How did you get into boxing? Man, that's, uh, you know, I, I was into sports as a kid. Um, my brothers, they were older. You know, my, I got a, my oldest brother is six years older than me. My middle brother is four years older than me. So when you're a little kid, you're always trying to follow the footsteps. And my brother Michael was a talented athlete, you know, but um, we know how the talent and the levels of talent too, though. So. And then, um, of course, you know, everything my brother did, I wanted to do. And they went down to the boxing gym. My buddy that lived across the street, like a neighborhood, um, like another brother to me pretty much, you know, growing up on the south side. You, the houses were so close to the neighborhood, and that was all you guys had. So he's like a brother. And they were all fighting. And then, of course, you know, he had he had an older father that fought in um, the 40s, believe it or not. And we get the gloves that they had left in the basement, and we get the old uh, timers and put Vaseline like we're doing a real thing, and <laughs> we go down and beat the crap out of each other in, in the um, basement, and I was only seven, so, you know, these guys are having fun with me and, and just doing what they want. <laughs> so just overall, it kept going that route. And then, you know, the late 80s, you had the karate movies. And, of course, you know, as a young kid, <laughs> you're, yeah, you're watching them, and I'm, you know, in my house, it was a small house, but we had these mirrors on the back in the living room. The whole wall was mirrors, so I was doing a swan kick and everything <laughs> okay. else in there. Hey, ladies brought me back with memories. Yeah, you know <laughs> what I mean? And um, so, long story short, you know, in between all the other sports, I kept wanting to go take martial arts. And and I was I was an active kid, and, and I, I like contact. Um, and we went to the karate dojo, and it was expensive. And, and not only that, I was bored, too. You know, taking nothing away from yeah. standard martial arts. Yep. You know, I respect all, all forms of oh, martial arts. Oh, what is arts. the dojo? You lost right there. That's, that's, like, it was, uh, that's like the introduction to karate or something? I, I believe so. The dojo yes. is the, you know, call the gym. The, the, the gym. Oh, oh I yeah. know. Okay, yeah, the you. formal term yeah. for, for a gym. Dojo. Got you. I didn't yeah. know that. I always feel weird going into places still to this day with that because I don't know what to call it. Gym. Yeah, right, <laughs> right, right, right. Um, <laughs> But uh, <laughs> Kumite. So we we go in there and and I was doing it too and it's just again, for my liking and not knocking it. It was kind of boring to me. You know, we we stood in one spot, and there wasn't enough contact. So finally, I, I just kept going. I kept tugging at my parents. You know, hey, I, I do want to box. My dad's like, well, you got football, you got you know baseball. It's just hard to fit you into it. I heard you were a beast at baseball. I was I was pretty good at baseball. Justin told me that. Oh, I was really mad. Yeah. So so first of all, just for the for the fans, you know, this is like a fan moment for me. Yeah. And I already heard, you know, he know how I feel about I told it, right? You this morning <laughs> yeah. when I talked to him about it at St. Lucie's, yeah. he was like, "Man, I always been a, a great. I like Maurice, man. I've been a fan." And when I talked to him about it, he's like, "Man, you know, I'm like a fan of so Kelly's, yeah, right?" Yeah, so this is gonna be cool to watch, man, because both of y'all told me the same thing. Look, so we got we got Mike Tyson, we got Kelly Pavlik, and I got Bud Crawford. You know, the three people I like. Those my, that's like my 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 mantle for dudes. But Crawford's on my pound for pound uh, number one right now too. <laughs> um, 
Crawford's a good guy. Uh, yeah, no, but that that's where it was at, and, and I kept telling my parents. And the second, first of all, my mom didn't want me boxing. My dad didn't want me boxing, so. Well, mom you or your dad didn't want you no, 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 but you got to figure like just so this, like I'm picturing the time. This is like '80s, Mike Tyson on TV. No well, this was like '92 though. At oh, it's '92. Yeah, the whole karate thing that was like years of wanting to fight. You know, one way or another, because yeah. just trying to get in, karate, there. trying to find a way, boxing, yep. even fencing. You know, what I mean, um, yeah, and that's that's where it was going. And my parents took me finally. They just had enough, and and they took me to the gym. And my brothers were done boxing at this point. You know, so I yeah. couldn't go with them. They didn't. It was a little flame. How old were you now? I was uh, ten. All right, so just about nine, 10. ten. Okay, ten. Yeah. You start transitioning. They finally took you. Did, did yeah. was the south side boxing? Yeah, it was. Okay. And I went in, and first time I ever walked in was another Youngstown World Champ. Uh, Jack wasn't there, the trainer, and Harry Arroyo was there. And that's, you know, I didn't know who Harry Arroyo oh, was. Oh, wow. My mom did. She goes, after we left, she goes, you know who that was? And I go, no. Oh. She's like, that was the world champion, Harry Arroyo. So, to me, it was cool. And that's another weird thing that we'll get into eventually. But, so, I go back the next day, and Jack's there, and... I'm I'm probably about a month in there, doing the boxing, and it's cool because I'm not sparring at that point. So my parents are cool with it, <laughs> and then um, I sparred and I and I got my butt whipped, and I came home. My parents were happy about that because they thought that I, I was, was gonna put you quit, bring yeah, you little humility. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> like okay, good, he's he's done. He's gonna be done. Well, I, I end up going to school. It um, sounds like your brother already was. Working you young. Yeah, they were, you know, and, and you didn't tell your parents that. You got either. the old school gloves and, you, a, and, a, and a little timer and Vaseline. You get yeah. some work in. Like you know, when we, <laughs> you know, when we were younger, like you got messed up in in the city playing football. Like mm-hmm. and you always had to be nice to a certain kid, so you didn't take his Rogers, ball and go man. home. And <laughs> I was a Bony Rogers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I was at Taft Elementary, but yeah. So you, you always got beat up. I mean, it got tough playing that backyard football. So. When I was boxing at my buddy's house, I'd always turn it around and say, he wasn't from boxing. I was like, oh, man, it was just a good game of football, you know. And uh, But so I did have it. I was a tough little kid, I guess. And, and um, I came home the next day from school, and I go straight to the bedroom and shut the door, put all the gym clothes on. And I come walking out, <laughs> and I goes, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm going to the gym to kick that kid's butt today. And uh, even though I didn't spar him, but after that point, my dad, you know, they, they still let me go, and which was cool. And uh, from that point, I mean, I fell in love with it. And then the next time I sparred that kid, which was only a matter of a couple of weeks, you know, I beat the crap out of him that, that fast. And that's kind of where it just went. And I still played football. I still played baseball um, and did, did the boxing. But that's why I never really excelled at any of the other sports, though, because, first of all, unless you're just that good of an athlete, and you, three, four, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> and not saying that he worked his, his butt off yeah. too, but you know, it's hard because you got to dedicate the time to those sports, you no, know, that, that specific sport. And um, it was hard. So I still did the other sports because I liked them. I mean, I, I only played PB football until 12 years old, and then baseball I played till about 17. And uh, but I was boxing, so I, I but boxing was like my main thing. I just passion. loved, yeah, my main yeah. passion. I loved it. Um, and, you know, the first handful of years of doing it, it was hard. I mean, I had yeah. uh, football, you know, you took time away. And then if I did box, it was only like three days a week. You had baseball. I couldn't go play baseball. You know, most of the kids were going to either camps or something like that or 
somewhat doing something all year long, whether it be inside of a gym, throwing a foot of baseball or hitting into a cage. I was out at a boxing gym. You yep. know, I used to go to the yep. baseball games at, even at 16, you know, playing Little B and, and uh, Babe Ruth. I would go to the games carrying my baseball Box. equipment, you know what I mean, because I just still have my boxing uniform outfit on. So, but that's how it all began. You know, what, what stands out to me, man, is, is, you know, I read something that said, uh, you know, Jackie uh, said uh, maybe when you were 9 or 10 years old, is it, I didn't see it, but I guess there was a picture in the gym of, of a, a bunch of people that, that were training, and they had on their jumpsuits or their warm-up yeah, stuff, and, and you one. didn't have one. No. And, and they said, well, he wasn't good enough yet. So he was, you know, maybe 9, 10, 10 years old or something yeah. like that. And it was quoted as, as uh, Jackie saying, you know, he was, he was tough. You know, Kelly was tough and, and a grinder, but my first big payday, a, I should wasn't a natural. I should have held his paycheck back for that. Yeah, <laughs> but I think that's inspiring for people to, to know. You know, yeah. people think that, you know, you grew up, you know, maybe you just walked in and you just were always that way. You know, one thing about, play, you know, I played team sports my whole life and I got into jiu-jitsu late. Yeah. You know, I got into jiu-jitsu, I was 26 years old. And, you know, I started four years playing college football, you know, won a state championship playing right. football at Ursuline. And then I started over again, and, you know, I got my ass beat for like a year. Yeah. I felt, it wasn't two weeks. You know, I was like, I was showing up four or five days a week knowing I was going there to get smashed. I had to talk myself into knowing I'm going to get smashed. So, you know, the, the experience of, of yeah. humbling yourself going from, you know, winning or being good at sports to, to knowing that no matter how good, if you're starting out somewhere – boxing or fighting or jujitsu or you know yeah. whatever whatever it is, you probably got to start at the you know at the bottom again yeah so I, i'll say this like one thing that you know I, I think fighters uh doesn't matter what you know artistic style you come with i think are uh some of the most like courageous people and the reason i say that because in a lot of team sports you know when you get your ass tired you know there's people to lean on you know so you have people to put in front of you you got a quarterback, a playoff, playoff yeah. lineman. You can take a playoff. Yeah, you know, say and the and the consequences, and the consequences, are not as dire. You know, what I'm saying, and so um, like having the ability, and even when you're young, because like let, let's call it how it is. Nobody really wants to get into a fight when they're younger. You know, what I'm saying, yeah. nobody really wants somebody to punch them in their face and see how they respond. And, and and oftentimes we project different things, but to like be young and um and to say, hey, I'm about to choose this path to fight. Like, it always asks me, like, when you, when you see fighters, you be like, man, where does that come from? You yeah. know, and I was going to tap into that. Two things that you mentioned, actually. Um, first of all, boxing is, like, they call it the loneliest sport, you know. And I actually got a tattoo up here, the loneliest walk. And it's 100%. a walkway to the, to the ring. Um, you know, being a sports guy and playing a team sports and, and then also playing um, or doing solo, <clears throat> everything about it, as you mentioned, you, you get hit and you get hurt. You can't go, hey, hold on. You know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit this play out. You know, you want to believe me. You, <laughs> you want to call timeout and say, I, you know, I'm Spike done. I, off on you. Yeah, I, I quit. But um, then also when you win, I know it sounds horrible, but you know you don't gotta share that with anybody, but yourself. Yep. You know, but yep. if you lose, you can't blame that on the quarterback. You can't blame that on the defense. You know, you you can't blame it on your pitcher. You, that's like. It comes on you, and unfortunately, especially this day and age with the social media era, um, guys get beat up bad. Mm -hmm. You know, and no matter what, nobody knows the truth, maybe what was going on, what was happening, it's just the way it is. And some guys will still give their reasoning why they lost, and they set themselves up to get uh, blasted. 
but you know some of the fighters know like on certain days and certain things because when you go in there and it ain't your day it ain't your day and there's nothing you could do about that and um so it is i call it the, the loneliest sport and i would imagine the same with the mma too UFC, yeah. you know it's combat but um yeah you know it, it's crazy and then going on the other part what you're saying athletic if you're an athlete or not of course in boxing that that helps um and I'm not being mean. I'm not even picking on myself. I'm just saying it's not a bad thing. But I think that your fighters come from a different cloth than the average person, too. Absolutely. Like, oh, and, I, and I don't because was I'll be. Dad, was your dad, uh, did he work in the steel mills? Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. my, my grandfather worked at uh, Sheet and Tube. But I know a lot of people yeah. back in the day, they you know, in Youngstown, you know, a lot of them were birthed out of the. Well, that the era, steel everybody, yeah, everybody that you graduated high school, you went to work. You got out of war. Absolutely. You went to work. Went to, went to you steel know, mills. Um, that was mm -hmm. before the PTSD and everything else. These guys, boom, they, they went. But, yeah, I say that because, like, you know, I, if a fighter, if you hear a lot of fighters tell you, no, I don't get nervous before a fight, I call bull crap on that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And a lot of times I was the type that was sitting in that locker room like, why do you do this to yourself? I'm talking about even at the high level. This is this is you talking to yourself. Yeah. Like, Go ahead. Why, why do you put yourself, yeah, why do yeah. you put yourself through this? And, and uh, you know, the nerves are high. As soon as that fight's over, it's like you can't wait for the next one. You can't wait for training camp to come and go back through that. And, and um, so let me ask you this: so, so what what is it that you're? And I'm and I, I can get where you're coming from, but you know my answer is my answer. Your answer is your answer. Like what is it that you that you maybe searching for? What is it that you feel from that? You feel I'm coming from? Because I, I think it's a lot. So right, I think people's worst fear to die, go to jail, or to get knocked out. And I think, like, you know, when I look at, like, people who do base jumping, like, they just jump off fucking cliffs and stuff like that, I almost think that's the same psychology behind people who box and fight, you know what I'm saying, where yeah. you get, like, real close to that um, that space of um, extremism. Adrenaline rush. Yeah. yeah. You know, my dudes yeah, that is. fight, my, one of my jiu-jitsu coach in Florida, uh, Bamboo. Bamboo, you know, he's yeah. He's real wild with the... With the uh, with the snowboarding and you know it's like he he he's, he's jumping is, off that, of stuff you know he's always he's looking for that rush. Yeah, but I'm asking like, it, what is it like internally that you satisfying or you, you feel I'm coming from? Yeah, and you know that's that's another good point. You, you'll get a boxer who sees somebody jump out of an airplane and say that's crazy. I would never try that, and they probably wouldn't. You get a guy who jumps and does the bungee and goes hiking up in Mount Everest and say that he'll never go in a boxing Box. ring. Right, yeah. right. So um, it is crazy, and, and it's that specific feeling from it. I don't know if it's the achievement of doing it, the the ego, the you know masculinity, or whatever you want to call it. I've faced the fear. Yeah, and one-on-one -on -one aspect of going against like a gladiator, I would, you know, I guess to say. It is weird because, again, like I'm saying, it's – you're nervous before the fight. As soon as the fight's over, you know, it's like that dopamine just kicks in and, and you're, you know, ready for everything and, and do it again. Um, I don't know if it's that rush. Is there anything know, that stands out in your mind, you know, that, um, you know, you could think of, 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 did it ever click and say, all right, I want to be a world champ? You know, is there anything that, that was your main motivation or you could remember, you know, this was the point where I just started saying I wanted to go down as, you know, I, I wanted a shot to be one of the greats. Yeah, it was about 16. And, you know, I'm sure you guys could relate to that. 16 years old, you start getting, uh, I was really into the boxing. And you started, I was still amateur, and you start getting the little USA boxing magazines, the rankings. And um, I'm looking at them and I'm going, and mind you, I only had, at that point, 30 amateur fights. 30 amateur fights. Oh, at that's not a lot? No. Oh, I didn't know that. 30 amateur fights at 16. Um, these other kids got like 180. 
you know, the amateur, amateur fights. Oh yeah, the am, you know amateur pros. And <laughs> I'm looking there and I'm looking at that magazine, yeah. going, man, I wish I want to be like Ray Hare. I'm content, you know, one of those guys. Like I'm content with the number three or four. I'm happy to be in this magazine. And um, eventually, next thing you know, blink of an eye, later that year, I was number three in there, you know. And then that would like. I guess like reality, like when you know that you can do it, when you see your name in the top top of country, like the third best fighter in, in the United States, and it's just you again going back on that one on one aspect too, then that you really start getting that hunger and that that motivation kicks in, and like so you get that. Well, number three ain't good enough now because reality kicked in. I know I could get I'm number three, but I could be number one, and uh, that's when that drive started coming, and then obviously. You get signed by top rank, which is kind of like uh, NFL, basically. Yeah, NFL mm -hmm. or or a baseball player um, with scouts. You know, you get picked up by them, and then when you start going in there, of course, in the back of your head, you play the negatives. Like, man, this could happen. This can happen. If this happens, you know, this is a big setback. But every after every fight, first round knockout, 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 and you're, next thing you know, you're 11 and 0, and you start seeing like the little parts in the ring magazine now. You're not the cover yet. You're not the big article, but yep. they're growing. Yeah, but you make it in the back. <clears throat> then that's when like you start saying, "Dude, I'm I'm a pro fighter. I'm 12 and 0 with 12 knockouts." You know what I mean? And then you start seeing the rankings, and they got you at 10. That's when it comes in, and then you got you understand now at that point, you got to work even harder, and then because the competition is going to pick when up. When you talk about working harder, I, I'd have to imagine you were in there putting in some work. I mean, if if, if you have somebody quoted as saying, you know, I got the same thing. I had a buddy of mine. He said, man, you're going to be happy. I want to send you this email. I haven't talked to him in forever. He was mm -hmm. a D lineman for us. He had to write a paper for Ohio State. So he, he put me in there. There was his grandfather in the paper, LeBron James, and me. Uh, his name's Ron Pegues. He's a South Side. Oh, yeah, too. Right. yeah, so, so, so I, I start reading it. And in there it says, you know, he starts talking about me. And he says, you know, he didn't, ha he wasn't the best athlete. He wasn't the most talented athlete. Yep. And I saw, I start. I called him up. I said, man, I said, you forget I had six picks. You know, I was, yeah. <laughs> so I said, but, but when you get somebody that's, that, that you're quoted as saying, all right, that, that means yeah. there had to be some guys in that gym that, that were seen as, man, this guy's naturally got this gift or this talent or whatever. How do you, how did you close that gap? It had to be something in your, in your head or heart or in your work ethic to close that gap to where you ended up being in these magazines, being number three from just a hard-nosed kid. It was, but it was just the fact of winning. You know what I mean? That's what, that's what did it. That's what set it aside. I mean, how I really knew that I was, but I didn't say anything to the, even to this day because I don't like hurting anybody's feelings or having people, because you know right now with me, if I pee in the wrong direction, oh, it's, yeah. it's headlines. No it's doubt. It's a story. Even, even eight years retired, I mean, you can't. But when I used to spar, I was sparring guys. That I was 15 years old, 147, soaking wet. And I was sparring light heavyweights <clears throat> that were 27 and pro. I was sparring the number five ranked uh, junior middleweight in the world professionally. And I'm going in and I'm beating, I'm beating these guys badly. You know, I'm knocking foam out of headgear and mm. the, at, at 15, 16. So there, there was another, you know, like part of my head reassuring where I'm going, you yeah reassuring. So, yeah i know i got no, it I, I was telling javani so i probably met you i was like 10th grade when i started to come over to the gym right mm. and so i was telling him i remember the first time i seen kelly when he was hitting a heavy bag he was 147 then yeah and i was like this motherfucker will knock me out <laughs> right I, i'm just telling you right so we in this little small ass gym 
And I can remember, and you kind of like, you come in, and you remember Booter was there, Darrell was yeah. there. Those were those, uh, what's those Hispanic kids that like they're from oh, Australia? The Sal- what, that was well, their name? Well, they were Salinas. kids then. Yeah, yeah. yeah they mother would drop them off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so uh, it was like a core group of, you know, guys who I came to the gym. And I was telling him before the show, like, people say this shit all the time. And you, you didn't, like, at that time, you didn't know who anybody was going to become. But you can also see him at that time. And I, and I say it, you could be like, this motherfucker going to be great, right? Because I, I, I consider myself like a hardworking person. And, 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 I, and, and I knew where I ranked amongst people or athletes. And then you just see somebody who just, in their respective sport, do what they do. I said, man, if he had knocked my ass out, imagine what he's going to do to dudes <laughs> who 50 pounds lighter than me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and this is serious stuff. And I just never seen somebody crack like that. Like, just, like, smooth, moving around a heavy bag, crack. You'd be like, a dude can't stand those punches. I can remember, you, you probably spar so fucking much, it doesn't mean anything to you. But I remember they would bring guys in and just playing around in there just to cracking. Dudes can't take that. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know if that's God gifted. I don't know if that's skill that's developed, that's technique. But, you know, the, your dudes who knock motherfuckers out be like those lanky, tall, crackish people. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, you know what I'm talking about? And that uh, that is, um, you know, I'm sure you guys, as far as you guys went in sports, uh, you ever heard that saying, like, either you got it in the cradle or you don't? You know, same with absolutely. baseball. Like, you could lift weights, but if you're not a home run hitter, you're not going to be one boxing. I mean, now what the science of it when i sit there inside my head i think of what we were talking about earlier the core the torque leverage um can you train that to some of these guys that are already pro yeah but it's going to set them back because you got to kind of start from ground zero back up and um, do you think that was a lot of mechanics or just like natural well yeah you could get the mechanics but it's that repetitious work that's non-stop to get them in the habit of torquing and going on that even you know so Athletically, yeah, I was talented. Obviously, to, to win a world title, yeah, you gotta got in boxing. Boxing is a sport that yeah. comes down to reflexes, fa- fast twitch, and and all of it. And uh, you know, to land them hard punches, you got to be fast enough to hit somebody with that. And um, but at the same time, was I a Lomachenko or a Floyd Mayweather or a Sugar Ray Leonard? Hell no. You know what I mean? I wasn't. Is- so, so for me, it was go run three miles in the morning come on. or two and a half miles and hit some sprints come home chill for a little bit eat go to rockies or ironman warehouse actually i did both ironman and rockies um train there for three hours get done with that go home eat chill for a second get up go to the boxing gym do two hours there hard brutal workouts get done with that go home chill for a minute finish my night off uh, cap the night off with in boxing which i thought was to become a better athlete cross training Go swim, then play a game of pickup basketball. Not only was that good for my athleticism, but that was good for me to you keep my weight it. down. Yeah, you know, Cardio he was doing all this six, seven, seven hours a day was. That's what people don't see that's the grind. Shit. Yeah, oh, there it is. yeah, I didn't know this. Yeah, it, it was seven hours a day, but I had to. You know what I mean? I I had to know that when I went in that fight. Yes. If he was, you outworked him. Yeah, if he you was knew popping, you outworked him. popping me with shots, that I had to do something. I had to get in his head, and if he got the first three rounds and he was hit me that he knew that he wasn't hurting me because I was blessed with a chin and that I'm wearing him down so now his brain's going a thousand miles an hour by the fifth round like shit I got I got uh seven rounds left you know what I mean and um that 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 was my goal going into a fight one was well if he could withstand my power god bless him second of all 
if he gets to later rounds, that's that's where I take over. Yeah, yeah. mentally, you know, you, you, you outworked him. Yeah, you put exactly. the work in. I, w- I want to ask you something because this came to my mind. Um, and so I, I described it in this way, right? I remember before I got to Ohio State, you know, I used to just have uh, an enormous amount of fun practicing, playing. And this was before my name kind of hit like a I remember national how you scene. used to work out too. Yeah, right. Had that but, work ethic early. Yeah, right before he went, when he was going into Ohio State. I, I say everybody, Southside boxing is what really made me. And you can put the coaching with it, but play this. This is what actually made me what more people don't know about. Me going to a KO drugs tournament and losing to Chris Koval in a, uh, in, a in a boxing match, right? Yeah. So me thinking I was big shit and going there and losing, that humbled me and that's what really took me to the boxing gym. So most people when they lose, they say fuck it, I'm gonna run for the hills. I say I just wasn't one, I didn't have the technique, I didn't have the skill, it wasn't something I had, so let me go over here to get tougher. And then when you go to the boxing gym, all these motherfuckers tougher than you. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. just through the rigor and the mentality that you pick up from being in the gym, I don't care if you came in slightly tough, you're going to leave out tougher than what you came. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, just yeah. from having that energy, that spirit, that ass-kicking thing around. You know what I'm talking about. Yes, I, don't, I don't know what to call is. it. No, Whatever it is. it is, right? So all that stuff kind of prepared me to go to Ohio State because I would be, I would be saying to myself, these motherfuckers not tough as me. They didn't do what it caused me to do to get here. That actually made me more aggressive. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes like a loss can be like the greatest thing to happen to you yeah. for real if you treat it the right way. So what I was going to ask How to me, deal with adversity. <clears throat> how to deal with adversity. You know, like how to get through certain things because in boxing you have that. Even if you ain't getting punched, things happen. You get hurt, you're tired, you're beat up. You know, last thing you want to do is go to the gym, especially when you're getting ready for football or, you know, whatever you're doing. You're lifting weights, you got your team work. Then you got to go to the boxing gym. That's not a, you know, you're not going to do... Jumping jacks. Yeah, you know you're going to you're going to work yep. in in a side. You're going to work and fight. Yeah, yeah that so, mental battle. No, so this is what I wanted to ask him. But yourself, as a as a transition and got out of the hard work space, I got into like the now your commercial space. You know, now everybody knows you, and it, there's a mixture of business and in football. And I can remember how I used to feel. I start. I went to that space of feeling more like uh, I'm here just to grind, and now I'm here as a piece of property. And now I'm a, I'm a thing walking around. Like, it's, it's a thing. Like, so I'm, I'm pretty sure before you won your world title, and, I, and I, I would figure your world title or a big match that you run was the same way I felt after I had played a game and I went in as Joe Blow and I came out Maurice Claret. And then you go and you leave and there's this business part of you. There's these um, unspoken expectations on you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So you go from a motherfucking kid from the south side of Youngstown, same situation. 18, 19. You young, you get to the main stage. Now it's like, oh shit, you're somebody. You feel where I'm coming from? Mm -hmm. And I just want to talk about like, was that a transit? Like, so I didn't identify that. It took me two years till I got older to identify I didn't handle that thing correctly. I didn't know that this was required of me. Yeah, and so I'm just asking like, did that happen in boxing? Oh, yeah. You feel where I'm coming from? Because boxing is always known as like the most gruesome and conniving business. You know what I'm saying? Like, once I get my... Cutthroat. It, it, it's, it's notorious. People just say yeah. boxing is just the most notorious cutthroat. You know what I'm talking about. It is yeah. business. Business. It's a, it, it, um, physically and the business part of it, it yes, it, it's brutal. And, you know, and I, and I don't care who gets mad when I say that. Boxing is a brutal business all around. But you know what? If you guys got time for me to answer that question, because I'm going to talk a lot through that one. Hell of a point, though. It, it is... Um, so, so, so my, my whole purpose when I ask you stuff, like I try to, like oh, for me, I'm this is all, hold no, for me, this is therapeutic or for me on personal levels. Yeah. So, like, so part of your healing comes from, 
like talking about real shit you've been through. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But then you look yeah, back and say, real. I understand let's it. Keep you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And so, like, so the next dude who may hear this or he may see this, he just has different perspective. Like, your whole thing is just to give different perspective for a guy who's coming up. So, oh, I can see what Kelly spoke about. I can see what Maurice spoke about. But to be comfortable saying, like, like you know how you do a fuck up and be like, man, I fucked up, but I really don't want to admit I fucked up. That's what my life has been. You know what I'm saying? But that, that, that's all I was talking about. Yeah, it's... um. Listen, it, it was, uh, you start off like you were saying, and you, you go into it, and you guys are swearing on here, so I can put a dip in right there. you go. I do it on I mean, my show all the time. Him, I do. You can count on him to let him ring. Hey, I do everything on my show, man. I got, actually, I got in trouble seriously looking at us one time, and I didn't know that. They were watching, they were interested, and I got up to go pee. And, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's a two-hour show. But going on that, that's a good part. You start off boxing, and this is what, and this is you for all. No, I'm good. This is for all athletes, <clears throat> um, and, I, and I really got into this. And some people are going to kind of take it the wrong way, and if they do, they're not seeing clearly either. Then, because I've talked with numerous athletes at the top, all the guys that you've met. You know, I'm close with Troy Smith. I'm close, or well, really was close with him and, and Teddy Gann Jr. Uh, mm-hmm. And just over and over, when we sat down at functions that athletes go to and have fun, like at the Barley House in Cleveland, we drink and we talk about all of it. And of course. They want to know about boxing, and I'm over there excited to talk to them about wanting to know about the football and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And um, what are you doing at the Barley House, yeah, right. Oh yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. They are. So when you start off boxing, and when most of these athletes start off, I, I want to say, and I might be wrong, but I'm just willing to say around ninety percent, ninety-two percent of athletes come from poverty. Yes. Okay. So why do you think that is? Well, because there ain't much else for them to do. You know what I mean? They don't have the... You, you really don't. You don't have the ability to go and say, hey, I'm going to go to Mooney or Ursuline and get a parochial you know, education and then go to St. Mary's or Notre Dame. You're going. You're getting through school. You're trying to pass. And then... This is your vehicle. Yeah, and, and mainly when you're that young, you don't have much else to do besides go out and if you can find a plastic pop bottle and you're smacking that around creating a game with your buddies mm-hmm. you know what i mean whether yeah. it's hockey mm-hmm. or football or or find a kid be nice like i said earlier be nice to the big kid that nobody really likes because he's the one that got the football <laughs> and you can play backyard football with him mm-hmm. and uh that's how that's kind of how it was and so what's that's what happens with sports and when these young kids are coming up they ain't really asking nobody for help and nobody's really helping them you know <clears throat> and you work and you work and you work and you work and you're the one that's out there whether it be running going to the thing finding your way to get to a, a gym uh, to work out you put that in and, and we, you have a dream a lot of people will dream is to get out of where you're at and become something so for me it was with like the boxing it, it started off as I want to be the best at what I do and no matter what it was I, I loved I wanted to be the best then you start doing that and you start accomplishing that and you, you're seeing progression and, and then you start getting older. And of course, as you get older, your brain changes and your mind, cha- uh, you start thinking differently a little bit. And then it turned into, man, you know, when you get to like 16, I could make a shitload of money doing this and become the best at it. Mm-hmm. And even as you turn pro and you start making money doing that, okay, because the box is a little different. When you went to Ohio State, he might as well have been an NFL player for the notoriety and popularity. Oh, yeah. So it really hits you. Buckeyes is that's early. It for yeah, you're Ohio. on you're on Sports Illustrated. Yeah. You're you're everything that 
Adrian Peterson is minus the money at mm-hmm. that point. Yes. And um yeah. And and I can see where that gets frustrating. But so as as a pro boxer though, really I, I, I garnered some attention because of my accomplishments in the amateurs and going to Olympic trials and everything. But my goal is still, so I'm not, like, so I'm flying home after a fight on an airplane, and you're scrolling through magazines, and you're seeing that, and that fame does kick in, like, every athlete wants that, and, and I'm going, man, you know, I'm going to be on this, I'm going to be on this little bitch here in a couple a couple years, you know, I'm going to be top, I'm going to be top dog. So you're not thinking about everything else, and nothing, you're thinking about winning the next fight, and making money. So for me, like, my introduction to Big Ten football, big time college football was breaking into the network TVs like Versus Network and and ESPN. Yeah, that's the big getting, stage. Yeah, getting get, getting to that point now. Now I'm doing that, and I'm beating people. So like reality's kicking in a little bit more, and but my goal I did know that hey you know what fights are getting harder now. Train harder, train, 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 and you do. And again at that point. I, for the most part, I, a couple times I went and got a job washing dishes. I did roofing with Brian Zordich in, in Youngstown, you know, while I was still training professionally. And even though you're signed by a big company, I think I was getting my first shirt. Now, this is 2000 24 grand a year. But still, you're a Youngstown kid, you get 24 grand. Well, half that money is going as quick as it's coming in. I'm, oh, you know, I'm getting yeah. stuff. And that's how I learned, fortunately, why I could stay retired seven years later and have businesses because... I had good people behind me. But going back into it, so yeah, you climb, you climb, you climb, you climb. And then, boom, you get people come up to you. They start saying, hey, man, like, this is going to change, and this is you got to watch this when you finally make, when you become champion. And you're going, yeah, 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 I know, I know, I got this, man, whatever. But you don't. You have no idea. And then, boom, it happens, and you win. And still, in your head, you're a boxer and you were a champion you are a champion and now you got a lot of money in your bank account that's it that, i thought that was all that it was i mean that's all i since i was a kid you that know the goal that was the goal but the issue comes in and i and i and i liked living my life i i, I liked it and a lot of athletes like it too okay but the issue came into play well now you are a role model, public yeah. figure. You're yep. a public uh-huh. figure. Can't, can't act like everybody else. Ding. This can't. is where life starts. Go mm-hmm. ahead. Yeah, and and now I'm watching must Go ahead. <laughs> Just no. keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> That's stupid. Yeah, now you, you are. And for instance, before I won the world title, and I don't think it's fair, and I don't think, that, and personally to this day, I don't think that the athlete has to change. You know, I don't think the athlete really owes anybody. I mean, since the beginning of time, entertainment like gladiator times. We were entertainers. We got paid for it, whether it was food or money. And the people came. They bought the ticket, and they were entertained. Right? End of transaction. Yep. Done. done. Yeah. That's it. So you know, uh, athletes bring millions of people together, and and fun and and everything else. So, with that being said, you know, I had because I just had an incident where somebody's like, "Well, you you owe it to give back," and I was like, "Whoa!" See, when you start doing that with successful professional athletes or any or somebody that's famous you take the fun away from it for them too because a lot of these athletes still do give back even though they don't owe anybody yeah so we identify as he's talking about that i can identify 100 percent where so in my mind i didn't know 
of what's expected from you playing football, right? Of how you're supposed to behave because how I've be, been behaving prior to this was acceptable, right? I can be who I want to. I can hang out how I want to. Mm -hmm. I didn't get that the school had sponsorships. I didn't get the school had Nike and Coke and all these other things. Just as if he's fighting on ESPN or Versus and all those people, the people who set those expectations on you, those people are driven by their sponsorships, and so then there's no, there's really no preparation because when you like when you're an athlete, right? And we all, talk, I'm talking, I'm speaking to you all, the public, but to the person listening to this, man, you hitting a heavy bag, you grinding, you thinking about a person you want to take down, thinking about people you want to tackle, thinking about stuff you want to accomplish on the field. There's not this huge personal development, philanthropist, humane, community, community oriented person. That's not really your mentality, and that becomes like the the paradox that you try to break through to say hey right i'm a human being and and at some point you know i appreciate you for doing this but where i'm at right now in my life like to to make this huge overhaul is distant you know because for real if you're a fighter you train yourself to be a killer you know so ain't nothing humane even football there's nothing humane about I'm really about to come through and fuck you up and hit you. That's not yeah. humane, bro. Like, the mass amount of majority of people in public don't, want don't no think part like that. that. No. Yeah. Well, not, not, and also, on top of that, you're entertaining at a high, a, any big-time fight between more than a half a million people to 1.4 to 2 million people to entertain them. Yes. And your life and your health. Football, every bit as much as boxing, your health is on the line. Um, that's the part. And, I, and again, I'm not looking like, oh, I feel bad for us. That's not where I'm going with this. You know, what I'm saying is, like, for instance, right before I won the title, HBO did the documentary, and I throw darts. And that's why I like doing it. In between fights, I go throw darts, like a lot of people throughout the world. <laughs> and uh, it was cool. Every, you know, they, they see people, they interviewed him, and they're like, yeah, he's just like one of us. He comes here, he don't think he's better than us, he throws darts. I get them, I win the world title two months later, and I go there and I throw darts and what the hell is he doing here? He's he's oh, a wow. he's no he's no good. He's a drunk. He's this. He's that. And it's kind of like when they tell you in a blink of an eye, everything Things is going to change, yeah. and, and it does. And here I am, just one. I got three straps around my waist. A huge payday. I feel like if anybody has the right to go to this bar and throw darts and have a couple, let me beers, enjoy myself. You know, I've been yeah, grinding. I, <laughs> I think I have the right to be here. Um, I do see, you know, Charles Barkley said it great one time. I knew. As I, soon as you started saying that, I'm yeah. thinking, oh, my dude's like Charles, Charles Barkley. Barkley. He did. I'm you know, not a role ask, model. <laughs> I didn't ask to be a role model. But, and then at the same time, because I am human, you got to go, you know what? But there is, and I am out there touching lives. Oh, yeah. So, I had, in my time, I had a lot of fun. I did. And is there some, uh, I would say I would keep most of it of what I went through. You know, and, I, and I, I honestly believe that. And at the same time, I wish there was a, a good amount of it that I could have changed, pulled, changed and yeah. pulled what, back. Yeah. You know what I mean? And what advice would you give to somebody that's in that position now? You know, oh, somebody that's, that's on the climb. You know, I, I was going to speak through that. Go ahead. You, you kind of went down the same avenue. Yeah, it's uh, do you, you got to keep yourself happy. Again, these athletes coming up, nobody was there, you know, and I, like I said, going back real quick when I, I was told, like, you deserve to give back, and I've done numerous charities. I think, Under, I think that, you know, there's always going to be people that yeah. point the finger and hate on you, but and they, for the they most don't part, know. 
people yeah. give you a lot of love. Exactly, you know, and, and I did, I did a lot of mine under the radar too because I didn't want the media attention. Yeah. You know, I did it out of like just wanting to do it, and um, so I want. But people have to understand. You know, again, nobody was there taking body shots and getting punched three days a week in the sparring and everything else. So these these young guys that are becoming successful, they got to keep themselves happy because they're entertainers and they're keeping a lot of other people happy. And when you don't start doing that, you can you do get caught up in, in bad stuff when you're not happy. So keep doing that. Yeah, but that that is the most important thing. Exactly. I think you said learn learning to keep yourself yeah. happy. But also stay stay the route, I guess, of how athletes or or famous athletes are supposed to be too, though. You know, yeah, do your fair share of giving back. Um, moderation of everything. Um, and stay working on what you got to do because you made a good point. There is other sponsors out there. Some sponsors don't give a crap. They'll sponsor you no matter what you do. Um, and then you got some that could be the big ones that will turn their back on you. And the biggest thing is you, unfor not unfortunately, I shouldn't say that, you do have role models. Okay, you got kids that are, are kids that are looking up to you as a role model. Yeah. And I think it's important, especially the way this world is getting in 2019, I think role models are really important that are doing the right thing mm -hmm. i truly do and um so i would say like you do have to pay i think people need to say hey it's great to want the money and the fame that's cool and, and that's that will be there if you do the right thing but be this person too because a lot of this other shit's going to come at you and you got to be ready to handle that and i don't think yeah. a lot of people have a consultant or prepare i to think talk it, to them you know, about that like there's people that you can get through to uh that need to hear that that yeah. are only going to accept it from you exactly. and there's people that you can get through to you know, in that transition of, of right now, you know, being a beast, you know, D1, there's a freshman out there, mm -hmm. you know, that you can relate to that he only going to get it from you, not from Kelly or not yeah. from me. And, you know, same thing for all of us. So I think, you know, that it, part of it is hearing it from somebody that's already walked in, walked in your shoes. And it is. And I heard it from some people like that, you know, that were there, you know, people tell you, but you still, you know, you don't get it until you get it. You're in it. You know, uh, yeah. But yeah. I, I'll say this, um, you wouldn't know it, but even you went and was a big part of me and just keeping my spirit up in prison, mm -hmm. right? So as you were... Oh, man, for the city, yeah, you but, know, people but, from there, you root for each other. Yeah, but, but yeah. just imagine you just in the depth of, like, your lowest point, right? And so then I'm seeing him, and I think you... Um, this is when you, you fought Jermaine Taylor twice, yes. right? When you first beat him, I just was like on cloud nine. I thought, like, I'll beat Jermaine Taylor. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Oh, I and know. So, you I know, had a party at my house. <laughs> I remember when you got knocked down. Yeah. And they're counting. I mean, it's about 30 <laughs> people in Cleveland. I'm watching, and he get up and he wins. I mean, you, I felt like we won. So, so, but, hey, so, so this Same is with you. Yeah, but this is how I unpack it, though. So, whether you want to believe it or not, yo, just the world that we live in, and I used to be hard with accepting responsibility of my, of my own behavior, right? You're going to be a role model for the rest of your life. Yeah. Youngstown is built on sports. Our, our whole our whole town is grit and grind everything and then you've reached a level that bro like when you're a world champion i don't go fuck if you're a world champion of bottle throwing yeah. you feel i'm coming from you're to say champ. that you you you, you, you bro yeah. you never take that away that, you're a world champ you've been able to focus on something and extract the top of it you feel i'm yeah. coming from absolutely and so it i think it's hard initially when you be like damn this is a lot of pressure and i want to do what i want to do you know what I'm saying? Because, like, yeah. here, here with my thing, right? There's there's certain things, it is just my opinion, that would may make you happy but also could be toxic 
in your life that you got to be careful okay. with that balance of, all right, this makes me happy, but these things that make me happy could also take me but out the game. Yeah. That, that's, that, that, that is my life. If you're coming from, so I wanted to hang out, I wanted to party, wanted to fuck with women, wanted to drink, wanted to smoke, wanted to pop pills. Those are things I enjoy doing, 100%. That, like, if you, if you want to talk about, like, prior to... And it has been a battle just to be like, what really, like, what I want to do. I think you fight your lower nature of yourself, right? Because the more responsible person, it forces you to be responsible and humane and understand the influence that you have uh, over people who watch you and over... Your family. Yeah, bro. You, you know, a daughter. And, and, but, it, but it's tough. You got kids? Yes. Yeah, but but it's tough. So you so you grow up like so like so here we go. And, and I and I could just identify from this space, right? So my whole life, just the same thing. I just want to get out of here and make some money. I think my life is set. Like I make some money, I'm cool. I buy me a home. Like like people don't see farther than that. So we like in 2019, you have access to more information. But we're talking about 2003, four, five. If yep. I would have been able to buy a home and to purchase cars, I was set. And I think one of the worst things that you can actually do is to reach your goals, to be honest with you, because you hit, you hit that place in your head like, fuck, what else I got to do? Or when's enough enough? Because you, know. because you run because you, you running that red line with training, you busting your ass, you living, yeah. you, you, you doing that. And so you don't have this aspiration like, yeah, I want to be great for 30, 40, 50 years. And so then you be like, okay, I want to enjoy myself like everybody else. I want to go drink and party and everything else. And do what I do, yep. and then everybody has a judgment on your life, and then it becomes like this confusing state. Like, okay, am I fucked up? Why are they judging me too hard? And then that does do nothing but just fuck your mind up even more because you're like, who am I behaving for? Am I behaving to please Kelly? Or am I behaving to please myself? And like, mm -hmm. okay, you got an opinion on me, he got one on me, and that's complicated. You know what I'm saying? But th this fame thing, and then the pressure does it wears on you. I'm not making no excuse because you know you'll get people out there like that's just an excuse. Oh, no, fucking tell them the truth. This is yeah. this is, I, I'm I'm you feel I'm this is just the truth. No, exactly. That's what it I'm saying. It ain't no fucking excuse. It's just how, yeah. it's how you feel. You know what I mean, saying? there's a lot of pressure going on that. When I did the Rogan show and I made the announcement that I was thinking about making a comeback, and I'm like just throwing it out there because you know what, what better platform to do it than Joe Rogan? And I say that I'm making a comeback, and. People go all of a sudden, it's like all over the place. And I'm getting phone calls. And then I'm like, actually, up here, I'm going, you know what? This this could be reality again, even though I, I really am not making a comeback. But the great thing about it this time, if I was to, is that there's no more pressure. Like when I was fighting. You would do it for fun. To keep, to keep, every, to keep this, the city of Youngstown on my shoulders. Yeah. Which was nothing wrong, because I, Youngstown... It's hard for most part, but then the other part of it, you got some of the loyal, loyal, oh. loyalist fans that you'll get, you won't get anywhere <laughs> else. I walked out of Trestles the other day. I sent you a picture. Yeah, he had your trunks up. <laughs> there. You know what I mean? It's, and, and 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 we did the podcast, and he got your jersey. Yeah, you know what I mean, right so there. You, I mean, you just have the that. loyalty from. Yep. The, but you're all. If you, there's a hundred people, there's going to be ten that, or yeah. two, and you won't that get got that. something to say. Yep. You know you, what I mean? But the loyalty anywhere else, no doubt. But going on that. But when you're fighting, I mean, like you know, you got, you got to keep the the media happy. You got to keep uh, the box, you know, all the boxing writers, and you got to keep the opponent people out there, the future opponents, nervous about your performance. And then you got to worry about like how much more of these paydays that you're going to get. Like you go out and you buy a, a nice home, and you're like, all right, and you know you still got money in the bank, but you're you're still should be. I don't know about most fighters, but 
you know, you, you keep thinking. So there's pressure. Like, every which way there's pressure. Then you're worried about your training seven hours a day, but you got to make it to three or four different um, autograph signings and charity events. You know, I did, like, sometimes three to four charity events. That was hard. Hospice. Very sick children. And uh, not only uh, retarded kids, yep. not only challenged kids. And you got to go to three of those, and that's you know I'm I'm human. I got a big heart. Like that stuff. <laughs> so a lot. Took a yeah, lot. Yeah, they a lot. did it yeah. one week. Yeah. I got mad at my PR guy. I was like, what are you trying to do to me? You know, like um, because that wears because these kids are looking at you, not probably not to save them, but that's how you're feeling. Like you know, and, and there's nothing you can do for these, these uh, unfortunate people. And you're you wish you could. It's draining. So it, it drains. It, it, on it you. drains. And and then. So there's pressure as to where now I said, like, hey, if I make the comeback, I do it. If I don't, there's no pressure. And if I do fight, it's not a career. Mm-hmm. I'm not coming back at 37 years old for another career. Yeah. So that was the thing. The pressure on, on these guys, um, it's, it's crazy. And a lot of people just don't understand it because they're not in that situation. You know, like a, a guy was going to fix a roof and, and a construction job for the rest of his life. Yeah, he may have some pressure on man, you know, I'm making this this week. Uh, I got this bill coming up, and my son, they have a Cedar Point trip. That's cool. You know, like, that's that is a concern. That's a worry. But when you're a professional athlete. Anything you've done hey, to learn. I'm going to go to eat with my family. Um, I'm, I'm going to get bombarded I'm gonna the whole time. get bombarded here. And yeah. then if I have a glass of wine, I'm going to be, you know, my Ridicule. And then if you, especially if you have a family. It ain't you that you got to worry about. You got to worry about what your kids endure when they get older. You know what I mean? Like all the, yeah, all the stuff that comes with that. And then you got to worry about, obviously, you live at your means. So, again, going on that, you have the same worries that the average person does and then some. And then talk about risk, your your health for the rest of your life. And 90% of the sports, that is a concern. You know, basketball, ankles, knees, football, everything, head, head. There's more head trauma in football. Yeah. That was it's more education now. Boxing. Is there any any suggestions that anything that you've learned, you know, over mistakes over time that to to deal with pressure? You know, all of that pressure because no, most good. people's outlet is is drinking and drugging. Yeah, well, it's good to have other outlets. Yeah, you have to. I mean, we're all human. I was a guy that bottled up things. I was like a big two liter of coke. And, and you just keep shaking and shaking and shaking mm-hmm. and shaking. And then, you know, once you take that top off, what happens? Explodes. It explodes. And um, I always held my feelings inside. But that's to we'll the young. Go ahead. Yeah, but to the young kids, if my, my words of wisdom would be like, do what you're doing, keep yourself happy, but watch the other shit. You know, and I, and I guess you could get more in detail if you're sitting down talking with them about things that could come along, how things could get messed up. You know, watch who's watching you. Watch who you got around you. Yep. Watch who's getting in your ear, and always second guess or always get a second opinion. If this guy is chirping in my ear, I'm gonna go over to this guy and ask him his opinion on that and what he thinks. And it just goes that way. Like you, you have to just go out there and, and just be. You gotta be not hesitant, but you have to be watchful of everything yeah. that goes on because, unfortunately. The people you have around you, when something goes wrong or anything goes wrong, and you could be 100% innocent and be standing over here, it's all going to reflect back on you, and mm-hmm. you're the one that's got to take the lashing. Your family's the one that's got to take the lashing. or here are you taking a lashing. So, unfortunately, that's the way it goes. Yeah, I'll say this. Uh, e- even to the part where you talk about bottling stuff up, 
Uh, and, and this is just for all athletes if a person is going through it. And I think, like, when you're being conditioned as a boxer, football player, baseball player, everybody tells you, you know, hold stuff in. You know, be tougher. Don't say nothing. You know, quit crying. Quit complaining. And I actually think that that hinders you later on in your life, you know, when you're actually going through personal shit, right? So I remember when I, got, I was kicked out of school, right? And when I got kicked out of school for the first time, my feelings was hurt. And I can't be this big 230-pound football player who runs people over and breaks tackles and to say, damn, my feelings are hurt, you know what I'm saying? Or to say, like, man, I'm sad I'm about sad. something. Yeah, yeah you know what I'm saying? So, so, yeah. yeah, so so the the actual process of, like, you know how you, like, they raise dogs to fight dogs. I think that's a lot like athletes, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, shut the fuck up, Kelly. You know, yeah. your shoulder isn't hurt. So that, that mentality or that line of thinking just goes straight over to your personal life. And so for me, when I first started drinking, I first started drugging, it was to have a good time, right? I go out, we drink, we party. And really, I, was, I wasn't social. So I wasn't a social person because I was like a really an animal. Go train, box, uh, fucking condition yourself, run a hill, lift a weight, do a hang clean, do an agility drill. And so then when it was time for me to um, go out, I couldn't socialize with people because all I knew how to do was just basically be an athlete, right? And that was a vehicle with how I talked to people, right? So when I would drink, I would be more social. But when I was sad, here's a, here's a, here's a, here's a clicking point. Now, when I was sad from not playing football, instead of being social, this became a remedy to how I was feeling. Mm -hmm. You feel I'm coming from? Yep. What started off as social ended up as like being my crutch for how I felt about that life. The bottle that yeah. was making you feel better became the bottle of your feelings. You, you, you feel I'm coming from? You know, and, so, and so you don't, you don't see it happening to yourself. You feel I'm coming from? Yep. You just know I feel better for the moment, but you, don't, you can't distinguish what's actually happening in your life. And so I would be like, damn, like, you know, I don't have a problem. And I'd be like, yo, yo, you have a problem when you do have problems. You know what I'm saying? And so that's how, like, my, my, that's how, that's how my deal went. But I'm talking to more athletes. You broke it. How'd you break it? How did I break it? Yeah, because many don't. Um, admitting, so, so for me, I got back to the point where I was like, okay, there's nothing that I'm going to depend on or have me outside of myself. Or like, what, what, what am I mad about experiencing, right? So I start going down to a dude named Dr. Brush down at Ohio State, right? And literally just sitting on the couch, like literally just start talking to him. He was like, man, what's really going on with you, bro? And I'll be like, man, I, like, I wasn't birthed up my motherfucking vagina to be a fucking dope head, pill head, weed head, alcoholic, nothing. You know what I'm saying? What the fuck are you running from? This is what I'm asking myself, right? And so I, I began to talk and then it became it, it, a lot of a lot comes down to how you label yourself right when you label yourself a thing that you put on yourself you act through that perspective you know what i'm saying so if i say i'm a fucking champion i'm gonna operate as such you know what i'm saying if i run around and say i'm an alcoholic or a dope head i'm putting something on myself language is powerful bro you right. know what i'm saying right you can mm -hmm. be a human being who's had issues who at a certain time in your life had issues with something but you can also be somebody who grow out of that just as you were in poverty at one time and you're not in poverty anymore you know what i'm saying and so focus like me focusing on where i wanted to go and what i wanted to become became more important than the issue so it's just like this you, you don't go to the if you go to the ring right now kelly and you walk in and say, I hope I don't get knocked out. You're going to get your ass knocked out. Mm -hmm. But if you go into the ring and say, hey, I'm pushing my plan. This is how I'm going to take this guy down. What you think going to happen? It's the same thing with football. I'm not running a rock to say, yo, I don't want to fumble. You're focusing on the mistake or you're focusing on the bad problem. I'm going out here and this is how I'm executing my plan. But it's the same thing with life. I'm not about to sit here and take Kelly's label, Simon's label, Giovanni's label, anybody's label and put that on me. 
man, fuck you. I'm a champ. I'm going to operate like one, act like one, and I'm going to push the plan. But I'm yeah. also going to work through my issues. You know what I'm saying? And so football, when you like you lose, you lose boxing. I lost football. You got to grieve over that. Mm-hmm. That hurts. You know, you, you may tell me you've been doing some shit since 10 years old all the way to you fucking 30, and you just lose it. You think you don't give a fuck. Fuck, it hurt. You well, unfortunately, I was ready to retire. Well, you, yeah. <laughs> but for, for me, <laughs> I, I'm just saying for me, that, it, but, you know, just you, go go with your wife. How long, how long you and your wife been together? Ten years. Ten years. Lose her tomorrow. You don't think some part of you going to hurt because you've invested into that. Oh, yeah. yeah. But you have to, but even if you're ready to be done with it, it's still a part of you that's in boxing. Motherfucker, go ahead. I get on these. I get on no, these. You're, <laughs> Maurice, you said it. Everything you said was spot on, and it is true. Even if I was ready to be done with it, you're done with it. You ever see like old people in their, you know, seventies, uh, and they just retired or they sit at home and they don't have nothing to do. My my dad, who's getting there, he's not old yet, but uh, you know, he retired from his job and he sat home and he learned like in five days these sweet ass car tricks. And I told him I was like, man, you need a fucking hobby. Like you go golf or something. Um, because you miss it. You're so used to doing something. And you are right. You know, and my thing is for anybody that was going through issues, I was fortunate. And that's how, like, where I'm at now. Because I've been fortunate. You know, I had the right people behind me. So even when I went out and I was having my fun, and sometimes it wasn't fun. I ain't going to lie to you on that either. Like, sometimes, as you said, you sit there and you go, what the hell, man? You know, it'd be like you're two weeks and you ain't done really shit. You know, and I was going through some hard uh, personal things and... So I was out having fun, and then the first three days was fun, and, and uh, you know, and it wasn't as crazy as what people make it out to be, but it was enough. And then you finally start going, man, this ain't cool no more, and you know, so what do you do? Because you're mad about that. I resorted to, like Marie said, a little more, a little more yeah, you know, because so now, now yeah, fuck absolutely. it. You know what? Yeah. Now, I'm, now I'm sad, and now I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm pissed off. So for me, it was kind of like some people got to go to – get help like counseling or or some still people go. go to AA and I did I went to you know a therapist and everything and talked with him and you know he gave me some things and a lot of it worked and I kept you know like they say take in what you like and they're all because some Absolutely. of it kind of like make me mad too and uh <laughs> yeah like especially when you're trying to explain something to him and he would stop me like well, hold up now what did you just say and I'm like well I said this he goes no what did you just say <laughs> Finally, I'm like, mm. and you want to get out of there, you know, but so, but the most part, for the most part, it was kind of like, this is what I told myself, pull your fucking head out your ass, quit the pouting, you still got, you're, you're still set, you know, you don't have to go fight no more, Being grateful. you ain't got to do Going this, to gratitude, yes, looking at that's all the things you've gotten, all like, the things you've accomplished, like you said, man, you yes, were, you were the, the world champion, mm-hmm. like, you did like pull your, grow up, man. You're you're you know at the time that was thirty three, like you're thirty three years old, man. Pull pull your head out of your ass and quit the moping and pouting, and you know what? If shit pisses you off, be yourself. Walk around, put your short chest out. If somebody got you know they're gonna to myself, they're gonna come up, shake my hand, talk to me for twenty minutes, make me late for something, and then they're gonna probably turn around and call me an asshole and a no good piece of shit, because that's usually how it is. You know that's what people do. They'll, be nice to you and then they'll turn around and I know that's coming now I know it you know and you have to accept it so like get over it and, and quit the the pouting like my thing now is I set new goals because that's another part of it like when you accomplish something what's the podcast you got right now the, the punchline the punchline yeah yeah and so like even with that like you know I'm out covering fights and, and I get a lot of perks from that because of being a world champion so you know that's still good I could go to the fights and and uh get credentialed 
where a lot of guys are in the media for years and they don't and I'm fortunate to be able to do that and have that fitness gym that we're mm -hmm. talking about because I pretty much lived in a gym since I was a kid and, and I picked up powerlifting over a couple the last couple of years and I knew a little bit going into that because I had a head start from doing all the uh, strength training. So now it was kind of like what I did was say, you know what, Kel, you got to quit making the excuses, man up, pull your head out of your ass, and find new goals. Like find something else to keep me like, okay, I, I accomplished a lot that a lot of people can't. And I did good, and you know what? I had two losses in my career. I'm over that, I, and you make the best of it. You know, you tell yourself, like, you lost the two world champions. That's amazing. Quit the, to go that long and have two yeah. losses. And so, like, in other words, like, quit the pity, pity yeah. fest. There's nothing to be, no to be sad, you know, because, as they said, you know, you go to Golden Gate after your death, and Lord, Lord ever gave you a chance to go back, and he brings you into a room, and you say, yeah, well, the burdens of life that you gave me, was the cross was too heavy. He'll take you into a room filled with millions of crosses, and you could pick the smallest one, and that'll probably be the one you walked in with. You know what I mean? So... Quit for everybody's got something going on worse than you, um, and, and I ha and I've been fortunate, you know. Um, that's how I look at it. Like that's how I got my shit together. You know, do I think my shit was not together? No, I think that when I retired, I felt entitled and that I could go do whatever I wanted to because, you know what, I retired at 30 years old, and I was a smartass. I was a cocky bastard. I was like, well, you're just mad because you're 50 and you still gotta go to work and blah 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 blah. And that was my mentality that's how i that's thought you've made so, so like even even saying that like we're not about to act like like that yeah. wouldn't be somebody else's mentality you know yeah. what i'm saying it, it, and so context is everything you know says so i don't want to act like you out there on a boat there's a lot of athletes who feel like that you know saying and then on top of that if i could kick everybody ass in the world which is like the most macho thing that's a lot of testosterone yeah. ego with that you feel yeah. coming from so but, but but so don't don't like so don't make yourself feel like you did something well yeah yeah, and I'm not making yeah. an excuse for you because I like you. It's to be like, yo, bro, like we all young mm -hmm. and, and we live in life and we experience but it. You, but you got to get out of that mentality yes. too, though, because if you stay in that mentality, then you are an asshole. You, yes. you are. Giving you know, yourself too much of a crutch. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So but you like, grow through it. You, yep. you do grow through yep. it. And, you know, and now, like I said, I'm, I'm 37. I mean, I'm approaching 40. And I do have kids. And I know that my screw ups. Hey, listen, if I didn't have kids. I may still be out there, you know, with my middle fingers in the air. I'm Who glad knows? you had some kids. Yeah, then, well, my kid was 13 and 13 <laughs> and, and oh, 10. Oh, do it, Kelly. Oh, you got and, a 13-year-old. Yeah, and oh, wow. so, but and that's why that's where it really. You got a 13-year-old what? Girl, daughter. Daughter? Yeah, and that's where it really became an issue because the outside world is brutal, man. Like, people could screw up, and but nobody cares. You know what I mean by that? Yeah. Like, they could do the nobody same cares, things. Nobody cares, nobody knows. They go shoot a buddy with a BB gun playing around or hit a lamppost with a four-wheeler. <laughs> Nobody gives a shit. And I'm, not, I'm just being honest. Like, so for me, that's that's going back to where, like, you are in the spotlight. You like are. And, 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 yeah, and then so now you got to, like, really sit down and go, you know what? People will call me an a-hole and a no-good piece of crap and, and this and that. But I got to worry about what my kids are going to have to endure when they go to school and, and this and that. And that's why, you know, just everything came, like, at once, like, it was a wake-up call. Like, I was sleeping, and the man above said, boom, pull your head out of your ass, man. Come on, get moving. You know, you got more to offer. You got more to do. And now, with the boxing gym that I'm working on opening, actually, I got to go here and to a meeting with the attorney to get this running, and it's going to be a, under a charitable organization. And I'm doing that to give back. I want to do Where's that at? That, that's hopefully going to, it's going to be in Boardman. All right. Um, right now, we're looking at that. 
uh, shop in the parking lot of Coca's. Um, so it's it? right on Market Street by 224, but it's only not even a half a mile from Youngstown. Yep, I know it's where it's at. Boardman, Canfield, um, North Lima. It's for mm -hmm. all the young kids under 18, free. And, and I'm going to have a program like they got to be out of trouble. They got to have grades up. Love they, it. they have Come to on. do things around. Maurice, uh, Simon, you guys, once or twice a year come talk to these kids you i'm know, coming to work out i, I that, did, that I did 10 rounds a day yeah but i am putting you on the spot yeah, you know? like, <laughs> so you know like and to have that influence of uh, people like us who been there and, and and had our trials and tribulations and and everything else you know but we got through it and as i keep saying pulled our head out of our asses and, and you know got serious that's that's where it's at now you know like that's where the whole thing came and that's where i'm at today you know i'm, I'm doing a combine that we're teaming up with uh gatorade and adidas as of right now we're in the talks and july 27th we're doing a tri-county all sports combine this is great for the kids we're doing fifth through 12th and what happens is it goes out on a database so if you do the cone drill five ten five well, forty colleges get yeah it. just no lifting um, but you do love all it. this, love it. And if you're a, so a freshman or a sophomore, that goes into a database that ranks you for your age group throughout the country, regionally, mm -hmm. and, and uh, everywhere. So that gives you progress to every year to get better, get better, get better. For the seniors, you probably didn't get picked up by a recruit or a scout, but this is your last opportunity. And we know how time goes. Now you could be a six foot six uh, basketball player who just didn't get it and didn't your, your vertical wasn't that high, or just say your 40 wasn't that high, but you get a college football coach that says, hey, you know what? We could do things A lot of people doing that yeah. Yeah. yeah, we, we could do things. Antonio Gates. Yeah. So th this combine is going to be great for, for, the, for the area. We're going to take it nationally, regionally. Um, so these are the things that I'm getting involved in now, you know, and through this also charity, um, the foundation, charitable organization, I could put on golf outings for cancer, that which I, I really am a big part of and a believer in helping um, the wounded war vets, uh, inner city kids, again, which, which the boxing gym is going to really focus on that also. But I think the inner city kids definitely need. Do you know Do you know about my youth program that I have in Youngstown? I've heard about it. I know you. Inspire Mind Youngstown. But you're, you're a big time guy, man. You're, all, you're like an octopus. you got hands that all stands, man. Look at these hands. Hands all stand. More like an alligator, brother. You know what I'm saying? But no, nah, man, it, we could bring the kids up to the to the, up to the gym. To I bust them up to the gym. It's right up my exactly. alley, man. We got your back on that. I want to look into that, too. Maybe like an after-school program where these kids got to go. Yes. You know, um, I hate making kids force them, but I think when they get to our age, they will understand why they did that. I, I believe you know? Somebody forcing me saved my life. You know, I was, yeah. I was, my house was shot up. I was locked up in juvenile. I don't want to play football no more. And my grandfather dropped me off, forced me to play, gave me to Coach Roland Smith. You know, them, them two in cahoots forced me to play. Yeah. And after I got through it, I started loving it. You know, we, we, uh, the, the rest you. is history. Why, why don't we close out on, on this, I man? I know you got to go. Let's do uh, it. This is awesome, though, man. I'm having a blast. No, nah, brother, it's to me. Dude, I got eight minutes to go. Perfect. There you go. Perfect. Right. We. Uh, I can't because of my schedule. I told you I ain't got no... Uh, Secretary, no now that I've been re retired. <laughs> All right. So Friday, I had this meeting with the intern. attorney for the nonprofit, and uh, I had four things booked up. I told this one dude I would golf with him. I had the meeting. I had uh, three clients coming to the gym. I had another meeting for something, and then I had this big uh, other charity event golf outing. I committed to all those in one day, and I had to cancel all of them. Oh, and people were no. kind of mad, and I was like, been there. then again, it goes on like, you talked about that they're before. mad. You did I, that. Yeah, and I couldn't send out a group text to everybody like, this is why. Yeah. You know, um, so.
it is, and then today, that happened today, I, I booked this, but then I rescheduled that meeting that I missed Friday for uh, 1 o'clock today, and um, I got to get that in because I want to get to the no, gym. I tell you this, if I've learned anything, and, um, and, and plus this, if, if out of 100, I would say I'm probably like a 92, 93%, I would grade myself with scheduling. Mm. I, I, I think that the, the, the art of scheduling, I don't care what you're athlete, non-athlete, uh, but just scheduling stuff, in that man. That, Looking at it's so simple. It's so simple. You want to so close hard. out? You want to give us My three tips, man? She's always like, "Yeah, write shit down on the calendar." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she's she always telling me, you. and I'm like, "I forget to do that," you know. And I could blame it a little bit on boxing, but I'm not you that. You can You can follow this. I've been yeah. hitting the head a bunch no, of so times. So, so he can't look. So he he held a he he held a conversation for an hour now, right? He ain't, he ain't he ain't like one of them about the box who get hit in the head. He nah, I'm yeah. doing pretty good so far. Yeah. You got to close us out with three tips to be a champ, man. Champ there program. Three th in life, anything, business, sports, whatever. If Okay, first one. If you don't work and dedicate <laughs> and have dedication, it's not motivation. Motivation will get you there. Dedication. You could have Clarette's skills. You could have Barry Sanders or Floyd Mayweather or Ken Griffey's skills. But if you don't work, somebody else that's not as skilled as you that puts that time in will pass you up 100 percent. so when you go commit to it true and and put it all into it and that will help you in every aspect of life um that's the biggest one second keep doing what you're doing to keep you happy but watch out for everything around you and watch out what you put your nose into and what you get into um i think trussell said it, and i believe i've seen something that you and trussell said like you know Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. future. Mm -hmm. uh, very true. And then third is, uh, I don't. I really don't, those are two biggest Top things. Two. I'm sure I got 20 of them, but right now, those are those are big because without that, I don't think you'll be in a uh, position to talk about it. Love it. Well, good to get together with you, man. Absolutely. Youngstown yes. boys, thank you, man. Two hey. champs here. That was awesome. Uh, Kelly, thanks for coming. Uh, thanks for joining us on another episode of Streets, Sports, and Success. Let's get it.